Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. Well, hey, good morning, Rescue Church. I want to say welcome to each and every one of you in all of our locations. It's been a while since I've gone around the horn and welcomed each of you individually. So let me start not only to those of you gathered here in Flandreau this morning, but also to our Coleman campus in Coleman, South Dakota, Garrettson, South Dakota, Deeside, Jamaica, and Peoria, Illinois, It is so cool to be one church spread out in multiple locations, and wherever you're joining us from this morning, I'm just glad to have you with us as we kick off week number three of this catch and release series that we've been in now the past few weeks. I want to just share a little story with you from my childhood, and uh, I brought along a picture that I found online this past week. Um, When I was growing up as a kid and we would go fishing, I lived in this little town called Waterville, Minnesota. And there were all kinds of lakes around us, and we did a lot of fishing as a family. And almost every time we went out fishing, we stopped by a bait store called O'Leary's Bait Shop. And man, you can just look at this picture and see, like, this is back in the day. Like, this place was not touched by time. I still can remember the the wooden floors with no finish on them. I remember the smell. We would go in and buy minnows or night crawlers or leeches or wax worms, depending on what was biting and where we were going fishing. And I think one of my most personal favorite things about O'Leary's Bait Shop was the fact that he sold candy and uh, soda. We called it pop. If you tell me you drink pop, I know exactly what part of the world you live in. But it was in the old glass bottles. I don't know if you were old enough to remember that, where you actually got the glass bottles and and the little can opener right there. And Anyway, I loved going to O'Leary's Bait Shop before we would go out fishing. And he would tell us where the fish are biting and kind of give us a report and all of that stuff. You might be wondering, John, why are we talking about fishing anyway? This is church, right? Well... We're in a series called Catch and Release because we're learning that Jesus called us to be fishermen. In the first week, we looked at Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus said, Come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And we're learning that this life of following Jesus is really the ultimate fishing trip. In week one, we said that if I'm following Jesus, if I'm called to be a fisher of men, I ought to have some fishing stories to tell. I ought to be able to look back in my life and see where God used me and my ministry and me sharing my faith to point other people to Jesus. I ought to have some fishing stories to tell. Last week, I made the point that God cares so much about lost people. We simply said that lost people matter to God. And so this whole thing about being fishers of men is a mandate. It's a command on our lives as followers of Jesus. If we're going to follow Jesus, he's going to take us fishing. That's why we're talking about fishing in this series. But here's the point I want to make real quick. I believe that a lot of Christians are content to stay in the bait shop. Think about this. Let me use this analogy for just a second. I think a lot of Christians are content to just hang out in the bait shop where there's all kinds of fishing stuff, but we never really get about the business of fishing. You know, in our world today, there's modern bait stores. They're huge. They're called like Cabela's. They're called like Bass Pro Shop. We've got some pictures up on the screen of this. Like you can go into these massive stores where they sell boats 
and motors and fishing tackle and fishing gear and fishing clothes. And the thing is this, you can make an event out of just going to the bait store. And I think there's a lot of people who spend more time in the bait store than they actually spend out on the water fishing. And I want to tell you this, like it doesn't matter how much time you spend in the bait shop. You can have all of the clothes and look like a fisherman. You can have all of the newest, latest gear and gadgets and gizmos. You can have the coolest boat. But until you take that boat out on the water and actually put some lines in the water, you might look like a fisherman, but you're not a fisherman until you start fishing. And the point is this, if we're really going to follow Jesus, he's going to take us fishing. So in our time together this morning, I just want to share another one of these fishing stories from the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to be in Luke chapter 5. And we're going to see about another time that Jesus went fishing with his disciples. Started out as fishing for real fish. But once again, he made the point that he had a greater purpose for their life to be fishers of men. Luke chapter 5, verse 4. Here's what the Word of God says. It says, when he had finished speaking, by the way, before this verse, Jesus is preaching at the Sea of Galilee. There's so many people gathered around hearing him preach that that he actually got in a boat and pushed out from shore a little bit so he could use the, the microphone of the water, if you will. I don't know if you've ever been on a lake, but like sound just carries really well. And so Jesus got a little distance between himself and the crowds. He's preaching and teaching from a boat. But then when it's done, it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who's also known as Peter, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. I want you for just a moment, church, to pay attention to that phrase, deep water. Sometimes I hear Christians talk about wanting to go deeper in their faith. Which, by the way, let me just quickly say, that's not a bad thing. Um, I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad thing to seek to grow into maturity as a Christian. That's expected. Once we become Christians, like God wants us to grow into maturity. So I don't want to make light of that. But I want you to know that over the years, I've met Christians that talk a lot about wanting to go deeper in their faith. As a matter of fact, we've had people over the years that have left this church because they'll say, well, the rescue church just isn't deep enough for me. It's interesting to me, those few people that I can think of over the years that have left our church because we're not, quote, deep enough for them, their life is nowhere where it should be today. Like, they didn't leave our church and go into deeper things. I just want to say a word about this. If we're going to follow Jesus He's going to lead us into deep water where he's going to command us to cast our nets. He's going to tell us, let down your nets. Because at the end of the day, if you're a Christian who, who thinks that you're this really deep Christian and yet you are not actively engaging in the pursuit of the souls of men, I got news for you. You are not as deep of a Christian as you think you are. Recently, I'll just tell a quick story. Recently, I actually asked somebody to stop coming to this church. (gasps) You did what, Pastor John? Yes, I absolutely asked somebody, you don't need to come to our church anymore. And don't try and give yourself a mental hernia trying to figure out who it was. I'll just tell you, it was someone from your campus. And if I tell everybody that, then you don't know even who I'm talking about. doesn't matter. 
But here's an individual that had been with us for almost a year. And in their entire year, they had done about this much to serve and to share their faith with others. But they thought they were so deep of a Christian that they had the gift of criticism. The spiritual gift of sitting back and finding fault with every single sermon that's preached, with so many of the different worship lyrics that are on the screens and the songs we're choosing, they found fault in the lives of other believers around them, but they were doing nothing to share their faith with others. And the last straw, I mean, again, this wasn't like just the first issue. There were multiple meetings and hours spent in conversation. And the last straw was when I got this long letter talking about how involved we were in our other church and we used to serve in all these different ways but we're not going to serve in your church until we know that you're deep enough for us i just simply said you know what sounds like your old church will be glad to have you back bye-bye because if you claim to be a deep christian and yet you are not actively sharing your faith with others you are not as deep as you think you are So to those of us who've been saved for a while, we've been doing this thing for a while, don't talk to me about being a deep Christian if you're not actually sharing your faith with others around you. If we're going to follow Jesus, he's going to lead us out into the deep waters and he's going to tell us, let down your nets and let's catch some fish. All right, let's keep the story going. Next verse, it says this. Verse 5. Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Wow. These guys have fished all night long. Here's Jesus after he gets done preaching saying, take me out into the deep water. We're going to put down our nets and catch some fish. These guys hadn't caught a thing all night. Peter, by the way, keep in mind, Peter's the expert fisherman, right? This is what he does for a living. He probably knows there are no fish out there, Jesus, but okay, I'll submit to your will. I'll let you lead me. And where does Jesus lead them? He leads them out into deep water, and he takes them to where the fish are, right? And he says, let down your nets. And okay, Jesus, I think you're making a mistake. But they put down their nets, and they catch so many fish, their nets begin to break, Here's the, the big idea of the series of the, the sermon I want to share with you today. It's simply this, if you want to write it down. Jesus will lead me to where the fish are. We can be confident of that. Like Jesus will take us, if we're following him, he will lead us to where the fish are biting. He will lead us to where the fish are gathered who are ready to be caught. And again, I go back to this idea, evangelism happens out in the deep water. There's no more deep thing that we can do as believers than to share our faith with others and to join Jesus in the fishing for the souls of men. I once heard a pastor say it like this. He said that the beginning and end of discipleship is evangelism. Now, that that might not mean anything to you. If you're a younger Christian, you might go, I don't even know what discipleship is and what's evangelism. So if you've been a Christian for a while, that ought to mean something to you. Discipleship is just the the, the process of growing as disciples or followers of Jesus. So when, when Christians throw out the word discipleship, they're talking about growing into maturity as Christians. And evangelism is simply sharing our faith with others. So let me say it a little differently than that pastor said it. It's like this. Evangelism is kind of the bookends of discipleship. 
Think about it. You don't become a follower of Jesus unless evangelism has happened in your life. Somebody shared their faith in Jesus with you and you made a decision to become a follower. Now you're a disciple of Jesus. But here's the point I'm trying to make is that your, your discipleship does not come to full maturity until you now are sharing your faith with others. Do you, do you get what I'm saying about this whole thing about being deep? Like if you are really a mature Christian, you're going to be out in the deep water following Jesus as he leads you to where the fish are and you're going to be sharing your faith with others. And until you're doing that, you're not as mature of a Christian as you're giving yourself credit for. If you're not sharing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ with others. By the way, I think this speaks to the reality that we need to be intentional about hanging out where lost people are. Let me share this with you. Um, I don't know the exact numbers on this. I think I'm close in saying this. I've read this many times before. I think they say that within two years of someone coming to know Christ as their Lord and Savior, within about two years, they don't have any unsaved friends anymore. And this is kind of a weird dynamic because in some ways that's a good thing. Um, I think because when we come to Christ, honestly, I'm just being truthful, some of our friends we probably shouldn't be friends with anymore because some of our friends were pulling us straight to hell. Like, and so it's good to maybe cut off some relationships with some people. Add to that the fact that when we accept Christ and become a member of his family, we now have this whole new family in the church of believers and a bond that we share. And we go, man, I love these people. I love spending time around them. And that's a good thing as well. And then I'll add, I'll add one more excuse that's a good excuse is that sometimes after we come to know Christ, we share our faith in Jesus with some of our unsaved friends who then they become Christians. So it's not a bad thing. But the point is this, if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, we'll wake up someday and look around and go, I don't have any unsaved friends. I don't spend any time with people who don't know Jesus as their Savior And I think if we're really following Jesus, he's going to lead us into the deep water where there's a bunch of unsaved people. And just in my own life, I can share this story from my own life. You know, a few years ago, um, I came to this realization and it became a burden on my heart. I had been a pastor in this little town of Flandreau, South Dakota for many years. And the people that I had initially met when we moved to town, pretty much all of them had either made their decision and rejected Christ or they became Christians and they became part of our church, some of them serving on the staff of our church. And I woke up and realized one day I don't have any unsaved friends. And I started to ask God to give me an outlet in my life where I could just hang out with unsaved people, maybe not even as a pastor, just to take off that pastor hat and just be John the Christ follower. And it's been kind of cool in my own life in recent years to see how God has given me that, that ability through my involvement with the fire service again, just to hang out with people that don't claim to be Christ followers and just to get to love them and share the Lord with them. I love it. It's an awesome opportunity. But if we're following Jesus, he's not going to let us be content to just hang out with all Christian people all the time and never have intentional opportunities to be hanging around lost people. Jesus will lead me to where the fish are. Well, let's keep the the story going here. Verse 7 says this. So, okay, here they are. They've got these nets full of fish. The nets are starting to break. It says, so they signaled their, I want you to notice this next word, their partners in the other boat to come and help them. I've got that phrase 
underlined in my notes here, to help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I've actually got another statement I want you to write down, if you will. If you've got your notes and you're following along with me, I just want to make the point that evangelism is a team sport. Notice they called their partners. They didn't do it by themselves. Peter didn't just haul in this big net of fish by himself. That he called his partners. I need help. Come here and help me. And th- the point I want to make is this, is that sometimes in the church, we, we think wrongly about evangelism. We think that, oh, that's, that's for a few paid professionals in the church. That's for missionaries. That's why we give them money. That's for pastors. That's why they're on staff at a church. We pay them to be the professional fishermen in the church. That's not God's will for evangelism. God's will for evangelism is that it's for everybody. It's a team sport. Hey, Rescue Church, i got to tell you this. If we're ever going to reach our vision and see it become a reality where God uses this church to reach thousands of people in little rural towns all across the Midwest and in Jamaica and wherever else he takes us, i got to tell you, it's going to require all of us casting down some nets in our world. And getting in about the business of fishing because evangelism is a team sport. He didn't just haul them all in by himself. He needed help. And if we're believing God for a big catch of fish or a big harvest, we need a whole bunch of people on the team making it happen. This series we're in is not just for a few really super spiritual Christians. This whole idea of catch and release, it's for everybody. In week one in the series, I just made a little point in our prayer time that we had in the Flander campus. As somebody was praying about not having the words, you know, God, give me the words to share my faith when I don't know. I just had this very clear picture come into my mind, and I want to share it with everybody this weekend. I just had this clear image in my mind of taking my kids fishing when they're just little and they've got this little Spider-Man fishing pole, you know, that's so cute and tiny. And, and the point is this, fishing, yeah, there's professional fishermen in our world. There's people that do it for a living. They support their family off of the fish that they catch. But fishing is a sport that even the youngest toddler with his little Spider-Man pole or his little bar- her little Barbie pole can sit there on the edge of a lake and catch fish. It's for everybody. So whether you've been a Christ follower for many years and you know a lot about the Lord and you've been through the Bible many, many times, or whether you're a brand new Christian, you're a little baby Christian, evangelism's for you too and for everyone in between. It's a team sport, and I think we see that in this passage of Scripture. Next verse says, verse 8 says, When Simon Peter saw this, we saw this great catch of fish, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Hey, church, just real quick, I want you to notice the reaction that Peter and James and John, that these guys had when they saw this catch of fish that Jesus produced. It's the appropriate response to when God does awesome things and he uses us as part of that process. What you don't see Peter doing is slapping high fives to everybody and going, Woo! Look what we just did! That's on us right there, boys! That's us! He doesn't do that. He falls on his face before Jesus, and he's like, Lord, I'm not worthy of this. Who am I that I get to be a part of something like this? 
And he recognizes the deity of Jesus Christ. And I just want to suggest, I think I put it on your notes, that a proper response to God working in our midst is one of humility and astonishment and awe. Like, that's the right response when God uses me and he uses you to get to lead someone else to a saving knowledge of Jesus. It's like, whoa, I don't deserve this. But I'm so amazed that God would choose to use me to be a part of fishing for the souls of men. This is awesome. I love to fish. It's my prayer that as we go through this series, God would just light that fire in our hearts. Some of us maybe for the first time. And others, man, maybe it's time just to renew that fire of evangelism in our heart where we go, God, this is so cool that you would let me be in a place to share my faith with someone else and then work through me to help them come to know you as as their Lord and Savior. Wow. I love that response from these guys. And then finally, verse 10 says, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. I think this is an interesting phrase. He says, Don't be afraid. From now on, You will fish for people. By the way, this is the second time Jesus is saying this to Peter and to James and John because he said it earlier in Matthew 4. It's a different occasion. From now on, you will fish for people. So look at the response. They pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. One of our staff members this past week made a great observation from this passage that I really appreciate. They made the observation that, man, these guys had just caught the the catch of a lifetime. You know how much money was represented in those two boats overflowing with fish to the point they're about to sink? That was some serious cha-ching right there, right? And they walked away from it all. They could have been tempted to go, whoa, man, we've got the fishing spot. We know where the fish are now. And they left everything to follow Jesus. Is Jesus mad about people who make their living from fishing? Nope, that's not the message of the story. Is Jesus mad at people who have vocations as farmers or stay-at-home moms or teachers or insurance salesmen? Nope. He's not mad about any of those vocations, but the point of this story is that Jesus is pointing his disciples to a greater purpose than fishing for fish. And he's saying, hey guys, from now on, I want you to follow me and I'm going to use your life for something of eternal value. And you can be involved in the fishing business for the souls of men in every one of those vocations I just mentioned. You don't have to quit those jobs and go be a missionary or a professional pastor. You can follow Jesus into the deep waters of evangelism wherever he's called you to serve him in this world. And be a part of this thing called fishing for the souls of men. Listen, as as we get ready to close out our service today, I just want to ask you a few questions. By the way, before I ask these questions, I just want to share with you next Sunday, we're going to be looking into, if you will, into our tackle box. And we're going to talk about the fact that when you go fishing, okay, if we're going to go out into deep water, there's different lures, if you will, that we can throw to catch people. We don't have to use the same bait every single time. There's different approaches to evangelism, and we're going to look at a whole bunch of them next week in Scripture. It's going to be such a practical message and a creative one. I promise you're not going to want to miss it. Okay, But for today, let me just invite you to take a few next steps. And it could be one or multiple of these next steps, and I want to bring these next steps to you in the form of a question. My first question that I want to ask you is this. 
Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. I'm sitting here talking about fishing for the souls of men, but I want to do some fishing right now and cast the net of the gospel and just say, is there anyone listening to this message right now that would say, you know, John, I don't know that I've ever made a decision to follow Jesus with my life. And in just a moment as I pray, I'm going to give you an opportunity to call on the name of the Lord. That would be the first step I would call you to take. I know this weekend in all of our locations, I know I'm speaking to some people that would say, John, I've done that, I'm a Christian. I want to ask you, are you following Jesus? Okay, you made a decision, but are you actually following him with your life? And if you are following him, can I ask this question? Where has he taken you fishing lately, church? Who have you shared your faith with this past week? Maybe, maybe looking forward to this upcoming week, who will you share your faith with this week? Who will you invite to church this week? I'm just curious. Where has Jesus taken you fishing? Where is he planning on taking you fishing this week? Here's another question regarding following Jesus I would just throw out there, and that's this. If you're following Jesus, have you followed him in one of the most basic steps of the Christian walk? And that's the step of baptism. By immersion, as a believer in Jesus, have you done that? Hey, I've got some really good news for you. If you've never followed the Lord in believer's baptism, you you believe in the name of Jesus, you've called upon him as your Savior, you've just never been baptized, guess what? Coming up at the end of June, on June 25th, and all of our South Dakota campuses, we're having our B3 party, beach, baptisms, and barbecue. And we're going to be baptizing people that night. And I would encourage you in any one of our campuses, get signed up to be baptized. If you're in Peoria, if you're in Deeside, just let your campus pastor know, I want to be baptized. They'll help you take that step. Are you following Jesus? Have you been fishing lately? Like These are some next steps I would highly encourage you to take. And then finally, if today you want to make one of those decisions, I would invite you to fill out one of the connection cards at any of our campuses to get signed up for our email list, like to stay in contact with us. Let us know, today I made a decision to invite Jesus into my heart. Or hey, I need to be baptized. Like Whatever decision you're making right now, share it with us. I would just invite you to take that step. And continue to follow Jesus. But I promise you this, if you're following Jesus, he's going to take you fishing. He's going to lead you to where the fish are. So I'm curious what kind of fishing is going to be happening this week in the lives of the people of the Rescue Church. Let's pray and ask God to help us be awesome fishers of men out there in our world this week. And if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, right now as I'm closing in a word of prayer, I would invite you to call upon his name for the salvation of your soul and the forgiveness of your sins. Let's pray. God in heaven, I thank you for this time that you've given to us this morning. Lord, I thank you again for this scripture that we looked at where Jesus took his disciples out into deep water. Lord, there is no water deeper than the waters of evangelism where we are sharing our faith and actively fishing for the souls of men. I pray you'd forgive us for talking a good game about how deep we are and spending way too much time in the bait shop called the church. We need what the bait shop has to offer. We need the reports of where God is moving and where the fish are biting, and we need to be equipped with the right tackle and the right equipment. But then, Lord, the day comes where you call us to actually leave the bait shop and go out into deep water and let down our nets. 
And I pray for the men and women of this church that you would once again just light that fire of evangelism in our hearts, that we would be fishers of men. Lord, if I'm speaking to anybody right now in this moment that has never trusted you as their Lord and Savior, but they want to, they want to choose you right now, Jesus, I pray that they would call upon your name from wherever they're sitting and just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who came to this earth to die on the cross because of my sin. And I acknowledge my need for your salvation. I acknowledge my need for your forgiveness. And today, Jesus, I put my faith in you and I believe in your name and I'm calling upon your name for my salvation. Please come into my life and save me. Lord, I pray that there would be many people making that prayer their own as they call upon your name for salvation today. Lord, I pray that in the weeks to come, we would see many people coming through the doors of every one of our campuses as we're out inviting and fishing for the souls of men. Lord, I pray that in this month of June that we would see many people, whether it's at our B3 party or some other event in one of our other campuses, that we would see many people take that obedient step of believer's baptism and publicly proclaim their faith in Jesus. And I pray you would use us in that process of bringing lost people to you, Lord Jesus. You get all the honor and the praise, Lord. That's our response as you continue to work among us. You get the honor and the praise and the glory. It's not to us, but it's to your name. Oh God, we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Rescue Church Past Messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses or check out our iCampus at therescuechurch.tv every Sunday at 10 a.m.